Hey everyone, Jawad here with Hit The Apex Podcast. How are you all doing? Hope everyone's okay. And you might be asking, why am I releasing an episode on a Tuesday? Especially a um, a review episode, but I... That's the beauty of being in lockdown for the sixth time. <laughs> Had to put that one in there, I'm sorry. And, you know, I feel for everyone who isn't doing too great at the moment um, as a result of these lockdowns and whatnot. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I decided to take last week off and enjoy the weekend, try and get some stuff done around the house. And thought I'd let um, I'd let the race settle in a bit more, you know, it, it was so good, this is a Hungarian Grand Prix I'm talking about, um, in case anyone's forgotten, I don't think anyone will, it was such a great race, um, just to let some things sink in, you know, and also the first half of the season as well, done, you know, last year we didn't get a mid-season break because we, we did all the races, um, in the second half of the year, but yeah, you know, back to a bit of normality with a mid-season break through August, we won't be back until the end of the month there at Spa, um, which is worth looking forward to as well, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of compartmentalise my thoughts and, and see how this season's going so far, I will do like a little bit of a mid-season look back um, after I look at the Hungarian Grand Prix, but yeah, what a what a race it was, and I think, you know, this year so far, we've had some pretty good races, even though a lot of people don't seem happy at the moment with, with the way things have panned out, particularly with the championship uh, results as well, which will go over soon, but basically, yeah, we had a wet race, or wet start to the race, and, and a thrilling race, which saw Esteban Ocon win from Sebastian Vettel and Lewis Hamilton, on track, that is, and we had a bit of a post-race penalty given to Seb, which was rather cruel, but, you know, if it's in the rules, it's in the rules. Uh, minimum fuel, uh, not being able to be, eh, not able to be taken out of the car during post-race checks. They're required to have, I think, a litre of fuel, um, but they could only get, I think, 0.3 of a litre out. So that, we got the news today that the um, appeal or whatever that Aston Martin took to the FIA has been rejected based on the fact that they didn't find anything like over, you know, some amazing new evidence which suggested uh, that uh, they could review the case, so, you know, that was a bit sad, obviously, but on the day, it was great, because another podium for, for Vettel and for Aston Martin this year, and then Lewis Hamilton, of course, finishing on the podium to round out what had been a bit of a rotten day for Mercedes, um, but it was all going so well up until then, qualifying, you know, we saw Hamilton get pole position from Bottas, so both the Mercedes on the front row, you had both Red Bulls on the second row, Max and Checo, um, the conjecture at the time was about the fact that Red Bull were on the soft tyre starting the race, and then Mercedes would start the race on the medium tyre, and the advantage that it would give them in such sweltering conditions, which we didn't see at the end of the day, because they all started on intermediate tyres, uh, race begins, slow start for Bottas, and ends up behind Lando, who made a great start, um, breaking into turn one, Bottas basically lose con loses control of the rear of the car, and boom, into Bottas like a, or sorry, into Lando like a bowling ball, um, which concertinaed onto the Red Bulls, you had 
other cars hitting other cars as well. Lance Stroll f- managed to cut across the grass at turn one on the inside and then came back and, and hit Leclerc, which sent then Daniel Ricciardo into a spin as well. So it was like watching a 10-pin bowling game, which Leclerc described on Twitter after uh, he was taken out of the race. But already we had four retirees in the race, you know, prior to the, the red flag, which they threw out. Um, a couple of laps in because of all the debris on track we saw Max with basically half his floor missing you know a massive chunk taken out of it and if you haven't seen the pictures on social media go and see it because yeah it was um, kind of amazing how he was able to finish the race even though you know he didn't finish that impressively he, he still made it to the end of the race and collected some points but there was that shot of him coming out of the pit lane just before the red flag came out and a piece of his floor, I'm pretty sure, just flew off the car. So that's why they had to red flag the race. Um, you had such such a massive toll of damage, you know, which has been one of the talking points coming out of the races. You know, who, who pays for this? Is this, you know, something uh, that the FIA haven't looked at in terms of the budget cap and you know there's been jokes that they're going to send the bill to Toto Wolf or whatever because it's it was Bottas's fault or whatever so we had Bottas out, Leclerc out, Stroll out, Perez out, um, Lando as well out unfortunately that race or 15 race which was a record as well of him scoring points um, ended which was really sad Ricardo was collateral in that uh, Stroll and Leclerc incident. So you almost had half the grid or just over a quarter of the grid wiped out in the first corner. A lot of hate and a lot of blame being proportioned to Bottas. The blame, you know, I can understand the hate is a bit, um, is petty, I think. You guys need to take a good look at yourself if, if you're going to jump on and, and give him crap. Um, especially for the fact that, you know, uh, a lot of people are consigned to the fact that he won't be a Mercedes driver next year too. So, you know, how's that going to do and how is one going to cope in in F1 uh, in life after Mercedes, you know, especially being with the best team? You know, are you ever going to win a race again kind of thing? So the only one who kind of didn't mind or seems to not really care is Kimi Raikkonen. So, you know, after Ferrari going back to, to Alfa Romeo where they're at at the moment. But anyway, that aside, um, the punishments were handed out there for, for Bottas and for Stroll, five-place grid penalties for the next race in Belgium. Probably not enough when you consider um, the penalties that we've seen throughout the season, especially for Lando Norris as well. You know, he, he copped what he copped in Austria there for, against Perez. Um, you know, Hamilton getting 10 seconds for the first lap incident there at Cops at Silverstone as well. People saying it's not enough or whether there should have been penalty points applied to the licenses as well for these guys. Anyway, I think the damage is already done. You know, Mercedes still lost a chunk of points, even though Red Bull didn't um, score or scored like two points for the whole weekend. Um, they did retake the lead in the Constructors' Championship thanks to to Hamilton and him finishing P2 in the end when when Vettel got disqualified. But yeah, the damage is already done, I think. You know, it it must hurt, you know, Bottas. It has hurt him reputation-wise as well. And 
you know, it's it's kind of sad, the, the decline of Valtteri Bottas, you know, this guy who we all thought could have possibly been world champion one day and, you know, basically just the bad joke now, you know, that you see on social media. And that's that's something that's been bothering me a lot at the moment is that, you know, the minute that the on-track stuff gets a bit, bit, bit close, a bit tense, um, is that people have to start, you know, the sledging and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's good to a certain degree, but then at other points it's not, you know, it's like, just, just keep it to yourselves amongst your friendship circles in person, or if you, if you're private messaging people, don't put it out there to, for everyone to see, going on, of course, about, you know, the racist taunts that, you know, Hamilton was copping after Silverstone, and even, you know, Max, you know, people twisting what, what Max has been saying and stuff like that, you know, leave him alone. We want to see these guys race on track. We don't need that drama off it or to try and fabricate, you know, some kind of, um, some drama to, to entertain some people, you know, for the purposes of a headline or for water cooler talk. No, we just talk about the stuff that happens on the track. And if you want to, you know, air your dirty laundry, um, do it away from when, you know, millions of people can see, so anyway, moving on now, um, uh, we had the red flag, um, and conditions began to dry ahead of the restart, it was a bit of a strange one, because only Hamilton ended up on the grid, and the others went into pit lane to change over to the slick tyres, um, this happened, basically it was a bit of a blunder for Mercedes, um, teams can't talk to their drivers on the radio on the formation lap, if it's um, in terms of like assisting them or, you know, whatnot, for safety reasons they can, but like for for the purposes of saying come in and change tyres, teams can't do that, so a bit of a blunder from Mercedes' side, Um, and whilst Hamilton took the start on the inter-tyres, it wasn't long before he came into pit because the other cars behind him were, were rounding him up, so we had, I think, Ocon leading George Russell or whatever, or the other way around, even though Russell had to slow down and hand some positions back because he did overtake in the pit lane, um, which you're not supposed to do or was in those conditions or whatever. Um, so basically, yeah, it was Ocon leading from Vettel and Nicholas Latifi. And again, you know, Latifi pretty underrated, you know, what he's done so far this year, I think, you know, he's not on the George Russell level, but he has done a great job, and to finish ahead of Russell as well in the race, and and score the most points for Williams um, that they've had since, what, 2018 or whatever is, is great, so, you know, I hope all the TV does get to hang around for another year or whatever, um, to the point where, you know, when, when Williams become more competitive, and they don't need pay drivers or whatever, even though they say that that point has been reached now, it'd be still nice to see him on the grid next year. Doesn't seem like a bad guy at all. Um, Then we basically set into rhythm for the rest of the race, you know, overtaking not very, not very easy at this track. A lot of strategy or strategic calls being made. You had lap 37 with Seb coming in to attempt the undercut, but had the slow stop uh, which I forgot about, actually, until I read the notes. Slow stop on the left rear, and um, basically, otherwise, he put in such an amazing outlap for when Ocon pitted on the next lap. Um, if it wasn't for that um, slow pit stop, then Seb could have been out in the lead, potentially. So that's something that could have changed the, the fortunes of the race. But then, more of a controversy if he won the race and then got disqualified for the fuel uh, penalty. So, 
Ocon basically overcut him, managed to stay out in the lead. Hamilton, his race, basically given the fact that he was right at the back, um, he was brought in early on lap 20 to pit for another set of slicks. He got taken out of the traffic and basically got to work his way back up to as high as fifth, um, having avoided all that traffic and then basically only had to overtake a couple of cars, um, but had a pretty good fight, you got to say. Um, he got a second stop done on lap 48 as well, which, you know, by that time they were like, oh, we've got a chance to, to possibly finish on the podium, even win the race. Um, and came in, tried to do what he did on Max a few years ago here on the two-stop strategy. But what we got was this epic battle with Fernando Alonso. I mean, Alonso making his car as wide as possible. Um, kind of the thing that you would have seen between these two when they were teammates, you know, the rivalry that they had back in 07 or whatever. And Hungary was a was a flashpoint in that rivalry, Um back in 07, so Alonso getting the better of him on this occasion uh, for as long as he did, though um, what it was helping, it was Alonso was helping his teammate out the front, Ocon, to, to stay where he was and keep Hamilton at bay, but eventually Hamilton was able to get past, he got past Carlos Sainz as well, um, Ocon remained untroubled by Seb at the front, so yeah, there was there was your podium and, and a great great day for Fernando as well to then I guess with the the Seb penalty be elevated up to to fourth in the end so close to the podium it'd be great you know given the the speed that we've seen or how we've seen Alpine improve over this year if we could have Alonso on the podium because it's what going back to 2014 that we haven't seen him on the podium and that was at this venue too Hungary so a bit of a special venue it is and Hungary first race win um when Alonso was driving for Renault as well so there you go for for Ocon to get his first race win as an Alpine driver for the same team it's it's so good and as much as you know even in the last 12 months or last year in particular when when he was struggling the the criticism at Ocon you still don't forget the the story his humble upbringings and the fact that you know he almost gave up racing to go work at McDonald's or whatever or to, to work at McDonald's to help fund his career and his parents had sold basically everything and were living out of a caravan. It's it's just amazing. And now to get the win as well kind of is that vindication that, you know, this is this is why we, we made those sacrifices. This is why we went racing. So it was just a great day, I think, you know, and I love seeing these new guys come in and win. You know, the emotion there for Gasly last year and then for Checo as well after how many years of racing he's gone through to be able to win it was just it was just one of those great wholesome moments and you know as much as people were upset about Hamilton finishing on the podium yeah whatever you know that shouldn't it shouldn't override the fact that you know or overall the fact that we had such a great race you had a first-time winner you had a team that hasn't won since um the Australian Grand Prix back in 2013 when they were Lotus uh, the Enstone team, so it's a lot that's gone into it. Did they win on merit? Yeah, they did. Um, do they have the pace to replicate that? No, obviously, you know, a lot of things had to go in their favour for this to happen, but credit to Ocon, he kept his head out of trouble on the first lap. Um, same with Seb as well, to get up to where he did, you know, they, they both did a good job to get there, and 
you know, for the rest of the guys, Science, Alonso, you know, they benefited of staying out of trouble on that first lap. Um, whereas, you know, Hamilton, obviously, the strategic blunder um, for Verstappen ending up in, in ninth at the end of the day, you know, him racing to the end with that broken floor, you know, they needed to get whatever points they could. And um, hats off to Pierre Gasly and Alpha Tauri as well for helping Red Bull out by taking the fastest lap honours as well to deny Hamilton that extra point. So um, Gasly in fifth um, elevated because of the the Seb penalty, took fifth and an extra point um, in his pocket. But basically, yeah, to help uh, Red Bull not lose that extra point to Mercedes. Um, and yeah, science again, you know, another post-race podium for him. It's like Brazil 2000, uh, 2019 where, where he got elevated because of a Hamilton penalty so you know you look at the first half of the season that he's had um and him saying you know he doesn't feel like he's driving at his best but he's he's certainly doing a great job um and Ferrari itself who would have thought <laughs> having two great drivers I think you know they've, they've got a pretty strong lineup and it, it is really paying dividends for them at the moment in the position that they are because certainly we can expect a lot more from them next season this season was always going to be that season of rebuilding and um you know trying to build or lay the foundations for 2022 but they've had a pretty good first half of the season and to to be equal on points with McLaren as well now as a result of um penalties for Seb and then for for Science to be brought up to third I think you know it's it's a great little feat that they've achieved but you know at the same time for McLaren you you do have to ask the questions about you know, what if Ricardo could be getting better results, you know, he if he could turn those sevenths into to fifths or whatever, or um, sixths into fourths, you know, those extra points would go a long way at this stage as well. So, yeah, you know, that's that. You had the championship standings, of course, eight-point lead for Hamilton now. And the thing is, Max came into this race at Budapest with an eight-point lead over Hamilton, and for we all to be leaving Budapest with, with the with the other way around now is just fascinating. And I think that's the exciting part of this championship as much as, you know, there's going to be the neutrals who want to see um, someone different win it than Mercedes and Hamilton this year. Mercedes and Hamilton have just not given up. You know, they're, they're in the fight. You know, they've been negative at times, um, particularly when we had that five-race winning streak for Red Bull. But you know, they've, whether you want to say it's ethical or not, or, you know, the tactics have been there or whatnot, um, they've not been out of the fight, and I think these next, uh, next half of the season is going to be really telling, because in previous seasons, that's where Mercedes really capitalised, that's where Hamilton has really blown the competition out of the water, so, you know, up until this point, it's like, yeah, let's get to this point, and then it's the home stretch, where, We've got to really see if this title will go down to the wire. Um, fairy tale race for Williams, as I said, you know, with Latifi coming home in uh, eighth and to be elevated to seventh, and same for Russell ninth and and going up into P eight. And Russell, you know, in in tears. I think this is the moment that um, a lot of people will, will just remember from this year is the fact that you know. Russell in tears after scoring points for Williams, you know, he scored points before in F1, you know, for Mercedes last year, but that just shows you how much this project means to him and what input he's had in his young career with, with Williams to see them, 
in this situation and you know that's it's it's nice you know like I I may not be the biggest fan of Russell you know I respect him I like him and ever but this moment is like you know hats off to you bro because you you've done a good job and you know it's the cumulative effort of him putting in for the development over the years it was a classy as well from him on the team radio where at this time when Latifi was still up in in P3 or whatever um he's like you know whatever I can do you know don't compromise my race or sorry don't compromise Nikki's race um on the account of me give him the priorities for the pit stops yada yada so you know again team player he he knows that you know he can see his teammates in a better position if they could get a podium or whatever that would have been that would have been something that would have sent the, everyone into raptures i think um if williams ended up on the podium um whatever he could do to help and that's and that's great you know that's the hallmark of a great driver and bring it on bring next year on if he is going to be in a mercedes because it would be nice to see you know if he um has that little spark to to you know put up hamilton's backside that's for sure that'll be very fun to see so yeah all around a happy race even though you've got people trying to make it sound like it's not um Kimi Raikkonen ended up in the points or with a single point uh as a result of the the Vettel penalty as well which meant that unfortunately the likes of Ricardo, Mick Schumacher and Giovinazzi missed out looking at the standings you know it's looking pretty good there in the team's championship for Mercedes haven't taken the lead back um, from Red Bull now, so um, 12 points it is, the lead for them, then you've got Ferrari and McLaren equal on points there for, for third, and then yeah, Alpine, you know, jumping ahead of Alpha Tauri, and poor Aston Martin, you know, losing that point, those points uh, that they would have got for second place for Seb, and now behind Alpha Tauri, so that's not good for them, and then Williams, you know, jumping ahead of Alfa Romeo now, which Alfa Romeo may have more opportunities to score points this season, it depends on, you know, how how things go, but, you know, 10 points to 3 now, it's it's looking very good for Williams, and, you know, you need, you Williams need, you know, the extra cash that they can get from the prize money as well, um, but also, you know, the the higher up you finish, of course, you get the less development tokens or whatever, or the, the CFD wind tunnel runs. But yeah, great race. Great race was Hungary. So yeah, now looking back on the on the first half of the season, and, you know, again, COVID's affected a lot of things, and, you know, we've had races cancelled, and, and this and that. Um, but it has felt epic because of the the titanic battle that we have for the title you know five wins to four with max you know with the five wins hamilton four wins um and now max is behind in the points by eight to to hamilton you know what what is going to happen in the second half of the season is the big what if you know looking back at the season so far max denied the win in bahrain even though they were the favorites uh, had that off-track pass, um, which he had to hand the position back to Hamilton. He asserted himself in Imola, that epic, you know, run to the first corner in the wet conditions. A bit of contact there as well, but that's Max saying, you know, this is me telling you that the game is on for this year, mate, so watch out. Um, and then the next two races, you had a Hamilton Masterclass and Mercedes Masterclass there in Portimao and Barcelona. Um, strategy on point two. But then you had 
Red Bull go on that streak of five wins. You know, you had Checo winning in Baku, um, Max winning Monaco, of course, and Mercedes having having trouble there again. Um, they were left scratching their heads and lacking for pace, you know, particularly through that triple header as well, the France and then the two races in Austria. Um, <coughs> sorry, everything looking good for Max as well at Silverstone, having topped the, the first sprint qualifying and then taken out at Cops in the Grand Prix, um, all the critics coming down on Hamilton or whatever, you know, being dirty driver and whatnot. And that's where it's kind of just exploded, you know, the last month, you can say, you know, it was looking all pretty rosy up until then, there wasn't much, you know, uh, there was not much, you know, criticism going on between the drivers and whatnot, and there still isn't, you know, between drivers directly, it's just everyone around them that seems to be poking the bear and whatnot, but um, there's been controversies in regards to the stuff off track, you know, the flexi wings, or the slow pit stops, slowing down of the pit stops or whatever, which is supposedly haven't been brought in to, to slow down Red Bull, all these things that, you know, are going on off track because of how good Red Bull have been in the first half of the season, so how that impacts them going into the second half, um, do they still have the fastest car, I think, yeah, you know, they, they do, and um, it was a shame that in, in Hungary we couldn't see that, nor nor we could in, in Silverstone with, with Max leading, you know, or being being up there. So, you know, Spa, a race that Max hasn't won yet, you know, same with, with Monza, we're going to um, uh, Zandvoort as well, his home Grand Prix. You know, they're three races where I think, you know, um, Red Bull could e could easily win. And if they bring some engine upgrades or whatever, if there's going to be any engine upgrades this year, Monza can be one of those too. Otherwise, you know, Mercedes might take it there. So, yeah, you know, it's still very, it's still very hard to call, you know, this, this title. You know, if I, you know, your head says, oh, you know one person's going to do it, your heart says another thing, it's, there's just too many races to go, and we were in this position a few years ago with, with Seb as well, you know, and as soon as the second half of the season rolled on, as I said before, it just, it swings too heavily in one driver's favour, so who knows yet, <laughs> it's, it's hard, I don't want to, I don't want to call her, you know, I don't want to jinx it, you know, I, at the end of the day, I don't mind who wins, you know, as long as it's the the driver who's done the best job throughout the whole season, I'm not you know a, a fanboy of either of those drivers. So yeah, I just want a, a good season that's going to go down all the way to the wire. Um, elsewhere, Lando probably been well. He's yeah the guy that I'm a bit of a fanboy of at the moment on the grid, but um he's had an excellent opening half to the season. He's he's third in the championship. He's ahead of uh, Bottas and Perez, who are the, um, you know, the number two guys, or the, the second drivers of the, of Mercedes and Red Bull, so for him in a, in a midfield, or top of the midfield car, and the McLaren to be ahead of those two is, is just amazing, you know, he's, uh, had points in all races bar Hungary, or whatever, he's had three, um, podiums as well this year, you know, he doesn't finish below, eighth, I think, which is, which is his lowest results outside of the, the retirement there in Hungary, so, and he could have had more podiums, he could have had a podium in Silverstone, if it wasn't for, um, the slow pit stop or whatever that he had during the race, he could have been on the podium, possibly 
Um, the one of the t- like he was on the podium for one of the Austrian races, but the next one as well could have been possible. So you know, showing up the likes of Bottas. I mean, Bottas, we could just write a sad uh, novel about this season because it's been that bad. Perez, I feel like you know, people are going to criticize him, but at the same time, I feel like you know that Red Bull adjusting to a new team, new environment. He's doing better than than Ricardo, for example. You know, at least Checo's won a race this season. But then at times we do see glimpses of you know inconsistent Checo or getting into trouble Checo, where you know we saw during the sprint race at Silverstone he he made a mistake on his own. Um, where, you know, in a sprint race scenario, he's probably going to be one of the drivers to go to because he's such a good racer. And then in the race, unfortunately, you know, there wasn't much he could do from starting from the pit lane. So a bit more consistency from Checo, I think, will be great. But otherwise, he's been a solid contributor, you know, when Red Bull were on top of Mercedes um, in the Constructors' Championship up until this race. Um, he had done a pretty good job. Definitely a better job than Bottas, though, I've got to say. You know, even though Bottas did have a run of podiums, he's just not had the same qualifying speed to in comparison to Lewis either this season. You know, that's something that we used to praise a lot about Valtteri, that, oh, you know, he's up there on a Saturday with his teammate, even though in the races he might not be able to cope. But you know, the fact that most of the time he ends up on the second or third row, you know, and sometimes behind, like, Orlando Norris or whatever is is very, very bad, but, you know, I guess the writing might be on the wall. If not, then that'll be the reprieve of the century if he gets another season there at Mercedes, but I'm just hoping that, yeah, you know, with, with all this, you know, collateral and all that sort of stuff, you know, the, the impact that being Hamilton's teammate has had on him negatively doesn't mean that we see Bottas walk away or just just kind of you know lose motivation for the sport because I think he would definitely be an asset if he went to um, another team on the grid whether it ends up being Alfa Romeo or Williams even you know all the insight and knowledge that he could bring from being a Mercedes driver for the last um, five or so years will will be very beneficial and you know, the the weird rumour, the funny rumour or whatever, um, not rumour, sorry, it was Jacques Villeneuve who said it, good old Jacques, um, saying that, you know, it's going to be a swap uh, for at Mercedes between them and Aston Martin, they're going to put Lance Stroll into the Mercedes, you know, that's going to definitely um, annoy a lot of George Russell fans, I'm sure, if um, they did, they put Stroll in and put Bottas there at Aston, but no, I think you know, the, the Alfa Romeo tie sounds like it's it's gathering traction, you know, the fact that, you know, Fred Vasseur and, and Valtteri, um, Fred Vasseur, the, the team principal, and Valtteri, they do have a relationship, and even with Toto Wolff, uh, good good mates between um, between Vasseur and, and Wolff, and Wolff has said that if Mercedes don't keep Bottas, he's going to ensure that he lands a, a good drive for next year, so that might be something that he's trying to broker, um, yeah, Perez, I've already said, he definitely earns to be at Red Bull next year, because Red Bull are not going to go after Pierre Gasly, that's for sure, unfortunately, as, as good as that would be, but I think Gasly's destiny lies elsewhere, um, so yeah, Checo would be great to keep there for Red Bull, and I think he will probably win another race again this year, depending on how things go, um, a lot of chaos and crazy races to come, I'm sure. But he he has had some good race pace as well, so that's that's been good to see. 
outside of those guys, um, Ferrari, the quiet, consistent achievers, you've got to say. Like, it, it's kind of good that we don't have headlines dominated by just Ferrari this season. That's something that always gives you a headache. Um, and I said last year that, you know, they need one of those quiet seasons where they are just accumulating their they're building for the for the following year when the new regulations come in and they can can start from scratch and basically you know do what mercedes did in 2014 or whatever so you know they've they've done a good job this season you know they've uh had some wins left begging as well which who would have thought we're talking about ferrari winning some grand prix you know monaco would have been a given you know after leclerc was on pole and then unfortunately damaging his car and it not being right to start the race there um, on the Sunday and then Silverstone he he pretty much led the race on merit after that first corner incident between Hamilton and Verstappen and then for Hamilton to come in and make the pass I think three laps to go at the end you know it, it he did a pretty good job and I thought you know he could have pulled it off but <laughs> not on the day so and for science as well as I said before he's he's just giving Ferrari what they didn't have last year and that was two drivers that could score consistently and not get into trouble or not qualify as well as they the car deserves or whatever and that's what as a McLaren fan makes me really sad is that you know we're not getting that from Ricardo at the moment and that's not saying that Ricardo's results have been abysmal he's still scoring points but it's those qualifying performances of his that you know are keeping him from scoring more points and that's what you want when you know you've got Lando, the younger teammate, going out there scoring a podium every couple of races or, you know, qualifying on the front row like he did in Austria. So hopefully we get to see that from Ricardo in the second half of the season. Otherwise, if Ferrari do get third in the constructors this year, that is going to really break my heart because McLaren have had the better car. They've been the better team over the last few years as well. They, you know, they were fourth and then they got third last year, so the only way is either staying, you know, third or, or moving up, which is not possible at the moment, so, you know, onus is on Ricardo, I guess, to, to get his act together and whatnot, um, I believe in him, you know, it's not like I've given up belief, but, you know, <laughs> pushing it a bit thin, mate, you know, hopefully we can, we can see you up there um, in the second half of the season, otherwise, Behind those guys, you've got Alpine, AlphaTauri doing what they can. Um, Alpine, you know, they had a bit of a bit of a rotten luck with results, especially with Ocon when they announced that he would be um, getting a long-term contract extension. Bit of a barren run of races. DNF there in Baku, no points in France and Styria, and then a retirement uh, again at the Austrian Grand Prix. Alonso, he's had a amazing run of points scoring finishes in six races now and he's crediting the fact that he's doing track walks at these <laughs> at all these races for, for, for that and you know you think of a driver's experience as Alonso he wouldn't need to do track walks like you know Hamilton doesn't and, and Kimi don't either but um yeah you know that's Alonso's lucky charm at the moment so they're doing a good job you know at the same time there's always a degree of disappointment with the Enstone team, you know, because ever since that, ever since 2016 or whatever, when, when Renault uh, took over and became the factory team again and invested heavily in the infrastructure and everything, you would have thought that these guys would have come good by now, you know, but they haven't. And, you know, I know 2021 is no excuse given the fact that, you know, we've got the same cars as last year, but 
a manufacturer team like them, you'd kind of expect to have the good results, which unfortunately that they haven't, you know, so, you know, the win is something, it's great, you know, the podiums that they had last year was great too, but you're always expecting something a little more from these guys, given the fact that they are former world champions, and, you know, there's a lot of money going into the team, but hopefully the, um, restructured team or whatever, you know, with, with Davide Brivio, uh, Marcin Bukowski as well, you know, can take them forwards, you know, next year when the, when the rules change. Alpha Tauri as well, doing what they can. Gasly um, has a podium to his name this season already. You forget that there in Baku. Um, but, you know, he's been consistent with his point scoring. Yuki Tsunoda, you know, just, just learning the ropes, I guess. You know, he's, he's got to control his temper sometimes, but it's been fun to hear him on the radio just, you know, swearing his head off or whatever. It's like having Malcolm Tucker in the car there, but... They're doing what they can, though it's Aston Martin, which I'm kind of disappointed with the, with this year, you know, they've, we knew that, you know, they weren't going to be in the position to, to win races and all that, but the fact that last year, you know, they, they had the second quickest car or the third quickest car with a pink Mercedes, you know, a few things changed for this year, and yeah, you know, the low rake uh, concept cars suffered as a result of the, the floor being cut for this year. But, you know, they tried to blow it up into a controversy and, you know, tried protesting it and all that. And now then, you know, the, the thing going on with Seb as well with the, the fuel flow. It's like, uh, you know, when can when can we avoid not going to the stewards room or, you know, to a court or whatever with this team? But, you know, given the fact that they've got heavy investment now from from Lawrence Stroll and from, um, you know, Aston Martin being being a team there, the results will come, but seeing them, you know, not finishing in the points or, you know, now seventh in the Constructors' Championship is a little bit disappointing, you know, given that it's such a it's such a great brand. But the positive impact of having someone like Vettel on board has been seen, you know. You do notice it with, with the demeanour of the team and with even his own demeanour, you know, last year with Ferrari, he was just happy to be, you know... Uh, kind of self-deprecating of Ferrari and just, you know, kind of over it. I can't wait to get out of here. But with it, with Aston, he sees, you know, a, a future and, you know, a successful future at that. So hopefully we do get that in the years to come. You know, Stroll, I guess, you know, his results too this year have suffered as a result of the car just not being there. So, but, you know, he's proved to be reliable and the end of last year kind of proved that as well with, with his results. So, you know, Disappointing to see them behind Alpine and AlphaTauri, but they're all just doing a great job at the moment, so it's hard to default them. Um, Alfa Romeo, you know, their future is secured, you know, with the with the year-by-year -year review as to Alfa Romeo, the name and right sponsor, staying there with the Sauber team. But, you know, they've had, a well, you know, three points finishes, all 10th places this year. So it's it's been a bit bit of a yeah kind of kind of season for them um both drivers have scored uh their driver lineup up in the air for next year you know there's a lot of options out there um would you ditch someone like Giovinazzi I'm sure a lot of people would I'm like well he hasn't done anything wrong you know he's been driving the car as good as the car can go but at the same time you've got other guys who's who are on the sidelines there the Ferrari junior drivers that are currently in F2 or whatever, or on the sidelines, Callum Eilert, Robert Schwartzman, 
possible um, people to put in the car, you know, Bottas possibly could could come in too, so, and, and Williams too, with, with their lineup for next year, you know, if Russell leaves, that's going to leave a big gap, um, I said last week, yeah, you know, Latifi, he's a great guy and everything, but he wouldn't be the, the guy you would have leading your team, you'd need an experienced driver in there with him, so you wouldn't put a rookie um, in there with, with Latifi, so, you know, a Bottas-Latifi lineup could be there, but they've they've done really well, you know, they've, they're on the up, you know, they've got the results in the bag for, for this season, you know, bettering what they did the last couple of seasons, but we're going to see better things from Williams next year, you know, this year we'll just, you know, their, their car's set up to get results at certain places, and we'll see if they get there, so... Yeah, it's 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 been pretty good. Like you know, it's hard to you know everyone's doing so well this year. You know, there's such a positive attitude or whatever, except for when people start you know saying mean things and whatnot. But um, it's been really good. And you know, Haas. Sorry, didn't say anything about Haas, but that's because there's not much to say about Haas. It's it's what you expect. You've got one driver who spins all the time. No no offense. Um, and young Mick, who's trying to do his best uh, to, you know, stay out of trouble and, you know, learn the ropes for when, when he is in a position to uh, challenge for some points and whatnot. So, yeah, that that's about that. And then calendar-wise, we're still waiting for, for the Qatar Grand Prix to be announced officially. Um, whether there'll be other races that drop off the calendar too remains to be seen. Um but yeah, you know, hopefully we'll still get uh, 11 or 12 races uh, to the end of the season. So, yeah. And finally, I wasn't going to finish off this um, this episode without paying a big, big tribute to, to the Doctor, to Valentino Rossi, who, after 26 seasons, 9 titles, 415 race starts, 115 wins of which 89 were in the premier class, he's decided to hang up the uh, the helmet in, in MotoGP. So the right decision, I guess, amongst the decline in his form, and, you know, he wants to focus on car racing in the future, which will be exciting. He's got the um, VR46 team as well coming in next year in MotoGP with Ducati. Um, so, yeah, I think just... The, the best possible thing to do and for us we can just celebrate the 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 good moments in his career you know all the the rivalries that he had and and all the iconic celebrations that he had the the helmets as well of which you know I like so many um the face helmet though Mugello 2008 probably still my favorite but then even uh ones that he's done you know in tribute to Marco Simoncelli to, to Nicky Hayden as well um, you know, the Wish You Were Here, the Pink Floyd one that he did, I think, in Mizano 2013, all, all great, and, you know, it, it, I do feel sad that, you know, I never got to, to go to Phillip Island and see Rossi race, you know, that was the hope that this year, if he was going to retire and we had a Phillip Island Australian Grand Prix, you know, would be able to go see the Doctor race one last time, but not the case, and, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, with the, with the car racing stuff he does, pursue doing GT racing and, you know, can do the Intercontinental GT Challenge, which involves uh, the Bathurst 12-hour, whenever that gets put on the calendar and um, international travel is allowed, meeting Valentino Rossi at Bathurst, that would that would be amazing. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who, who, who love the 12-hour and would love to, to meet the doctor as well, racing his, his Ferrari or whatever. 
it would be great. So, you know, that's that's all. Like, you know, I've written I've written a piece about it as well that got published on the Raw. So, you know, go go check that out if um if you want to hear more about me talking about Rossi. But yeah, you know, when 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 it comes to an end this season, I think you know there will be a big degree of sadness that he's no longer going to be on the grid. But at the same time, you know, he hasn't really featured in a lot of championship battles or, you know, really since 20, 2015 when he lost that when he lost that title to, to Lorenzo as a result of what happened at the uh, Malaysian Grand Prix. So, you know, there will be a degree of sadness with that because um, he could have won that year. It was the year of the GOAT, uh, that year on the Chinese Zodiac, and it just didn't, it didn't come to. But anyway, that's a controversy to discuss another time. But yeah, just... Um, We'll see. We'll see what MotoGP looks like in the future. I think it'll be bright. Great race on the weekend there in Austria. There with um with Martin winning uh, Jorge Martin winning his first Grand Prix and I think Pramac's first victory as well um, for Pramac Ducati. So good, good on him. Um, not happy about Jack Miller crashing, of course. You know the championship up for grabs this year, but um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Run to the checkered flag for for MotoGP and I think Formula E as well this weekend. It's their final race of the season, so and there's something like 18 drivers or 15 drivers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that could possibly win the title this this year. You know, in the two races there at Berlin. So yeah, exciting stuff. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. A uh, bit of a longer one than than last time. Um, a bit of a break, you know, from 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 podcasting and all uh, over the next few weeks, uh, particularly because of the mid-season break, and then we'll, we'll I'll you know get ready for for the Belgian Grand Prix the the week of, um, and yeah, just to just to take some time and 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 compartmentalize the 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 season and you know the sixth lockdown here in in Melbourne and all that get more settled into the new place, yeah. Anyway, thanks guys. Tune in next time. Ciao.